Welcome to In Strange Company. I'm your host, Marcus Strange. I believe we're a composite of the people with whom we surround ourselves. On this podcast, I sit down with some of the most interesting humans you could hope to meet and give you the opportunity to surround yourself with some amazing people. My guests and I share insights into creating authentic and purpose-filled lives. Thanks for stopping by. I appreciate the company. Hey everyone, welcome back to In Strange Company. Thank you so much for joining us today. Real quick before we dive into this conversation, go leave a review and a rating, a thumbs up, whatever floats your boat. We really appreciate it. It helps uh, spread this podcast around. I am stoked for this conversation. I have been slowly becoming obsessed with climbing over the last couple of years. I don't know when it started. But most of my Instagram feed is taken up with climbers right now, which makes me super excited. I I had plans to start uh, climbing right before COVID hit. And then obviously all the gyms here in Helena are closed, which is a total bummer. But I'm hoping to get out and actually climb outdoors here soon. And I thought, given my uh, fascination with the sport, that it would be fun to have an expert on. And I am really fortunate to have a distinguished guest who is a pro climber. Um, Everyone say hi to Maiza. Did I get that right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay, good. (laughs) Guys, you know I'm bad with names. I'm bad with names, so I just got to check. Maiza is uh, a really accomplished climber. She travels all over the world. Uh, doing climbs, and she is going to uh, teach us about climbing today. And I'm going to ask a lot of probably really dumb questions, and she's <laughs> going to help uh, help me learn the lingo, a little bit of the lingo, and give me some pointers for my first adventure. But uh, I was hoping you could introduce yourself to us and tell us a little bit about yourself and like where you grew up and kind of the backstory before we dive into our conversation on climbing. Yeah. Uh, My name is Maisa Lima. I am uh, most born and raised in Brazil. Um, People call me Jungle Girl and all these names. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My mother and I immigrated to the U.S. when I was 17 years old. Um, We're just searching for the American dream, as a lot of us have, you know, and um Within some time, I think in 2013, I was introduced to the mountains and hiking. And um, a few years later, I decided to take a rock climbing course. And from there on, um, I was absolutely hooked. I'm sorry, the computer just kind of turned off. Here. <laughs> um, That's okay. <laughs> and um, ever since, yeah, ever since that, that day that I went climbing for the first time, I I knew that I just had to pursue it. Um, I didn't know where it was going to lead to, but I just, I just fell in love with it. Right. You know, it was just such, um, just such a beautiful thing, what you can do with your body. And yeah, I just wanted to take it to the next level. And was that the thing that drew you to climbing the connection between, um, the natural world and and your body and how the two, you know, worked together? Yeah, I I think ever since I was a kid, I wanted to do something really cool. Um, I've, you know, um, I grew up like playing like soccer with the boys, but obviously we didn't have a ball. So we had a bunch of plastic bags, 
you know, put together to make a ball tied together. Um, <laughs> um, but I always like to be like to be playing with the boys and I also like to be very active. Um, but obviously, you know, living in such a small village, like we didn't have an access to sports. Um, and so as I was drawn to it and at some point in my life, I actually thought I was never going to be able to get into anything because I was too old. But uh, climbing is that one sport that you can join at any time because you basically like just pushing your own limits. It's not a competition against anybody, you know. <laughs> yeah, and and that's that is so amazing that idea because I think a lot of times we get wrapped up in comparing ourselves to what other people are doing. But it seems yeah. like, and and from what you just said in climbing, it's it's you and the mountain or you and that yeah. rock or you and that boulder yeah. yeah what yeah what um what's what's the biggest lesson that you've learned in your time climbing i'm sure there's been many but is there one that really sticks out to you to be humble <laughs> that's that's the lesson because you try really hard to push grades for your ego Mostly, mm -hmm. also, obviously, you really want to perform better and you want to see what you can accomplish next and what your body can do. But sometimes we get really att attached on grades and, and how hard we can climb. And if you travel anywhere differently, or climb a different rock or a different style, you're going to get shut down and you're going <laughs> to climb not as hard. And you're always learning a lesson because it's it's you and the rock you know but the rock always win and so you really learn need to learn how to be humble and and just learn slowly that one style you know and just not think that you can climb anything and everything <laughs> wow yeah, yeah i i think humility is such a, a invaluable gift and mm -hmm. it sounds like you've been uh been learning a lot of that in your time as climb as a climber yeah for sure <laughs> um so going back a little bit i'm i'm really interested in your experience as um an immigrant to the united states so would you tell me a little bit about that yeah um it was quite the experience to be honest with you um we came to spend two years and maybe perhaps get ourselves out of poverty um, mm -hmm. and perhaps make some money so I could go to school because where I lived, there wasn't like enough education. And obviously my parents couldn't afford to take us to any other place and, you know, and pay for school and any of this stuff. So this was like a way to ch change that. And we didn't speak any English. Um, we didn't know anything. We didn't know what we're doing. Um, we just knew, like, we were just desperate to just change our life. Mm -hmm. And and we got here, and it was a humbling experience. I mean, I was 17. I've never had a chance to travel even inside my country because we couldn't afford. So talk about culture shock. Um, yeah. And going from a small village where electricity and running water wasn't a thing to seattle washington oh my gosh um, it was it was nuts yeah and then and then yeah the barriers of driving and eventually having to get a car and learning the language and having to just you know to just learn 
<laughs> so that was a, a pretty big change for us. And um, I think my, my mom was really brave to, you know, to, to just do that and just try to like make a better life for, for a family. Um, and I just feel like it had to be done. I don't know what would have happened if I stayed there. Um, so yeah, that, that was a big one. Um, you know, and then just dealing with the daily life of an immigrant and always like not knowing how long you can stay in the country for and when you're going to, you know, be sent home and any of these things, you know, the uncertainty. So yeah, those things were pretty big then. Um, I've definitely never felt, um, judged as an immigrant here. I've always felt very welcomed, you know, treated super well by everyone. So that was never an issue. Mm -hmm. So that was a plus. Yeah. Well, I think both you and your mother are incredibly brave. I mean, I can't imagine moving to a, a country where I didn't speak the language. I mean, I, I've never been outside of the United States, and that's something I want to change. Mm -hmm. But just hearing your story, I'm just, I'm so in awe of the bravery of you and your mother. That's incredibly, incredibly inspiring. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, would would you mind if I asked what your thoughts are? There's a lot of um, discussion or, around immigration policy and reform in the United States. Do you have any thoughts? I'm I'm trying to figure out what my thoughts are on it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my my family, um, it within just a few generations were immigrants from Poland, and mm -hmm. so that's a, a big part of our our heritage in my yeah. family, and so I. I sympathize a lot with the the um, the challenges of people who want to come to the United States and, as you said, chase that American dream. But I'm interested to hear your thoughts about that as well. Yeah, and then we'll get back I mean, to talking about climbing. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, this is this is a very complex complex subject for me. Sure. Just because you know, like I understand there are laws and why they're put there um, in place and how they need to go through everybody's background to make sure they're good citizens and all these things, you, you know, um, I believe there, it could be better and the system could work a little bit faster. Um, mm -hmm. that's one of the things that's like super important. Um, there's, there's definitely like a lot of things that like, I agree. And there are a lot of things that I disagree, but it's kind of hard to just like say it out here. Um, sure. you yeah. know, um, but uh, in our case, it just like took forever, the entire process. It just took a very long time. And it was just like a lot of money and a lot of headache um, to get ourselves legalized in the country. And um, yeah, I mean, if the system could work a little bit better, it'd be great. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I, I can't say much about it just because I don't understand exactly why our, all those laws and all those rules were placed there. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's hard for me to say anything. No. And, and I, I'm in the same boat, <laughs> you know, my, my opinions are, are also, you know, not complete because I don't understand exactly how everything works, mm -hmm. but I appreciate you saying what you did because I think, I think any society is better when it's a diverse society. And I love, I lived in California for, for a while. And that was one of the things that I loved about living there was just the diversity of people and cultures and that intersection where we were all coming together and, and bringing the yeah. best parts of ourselves. Yeah. And, and 
yeah. And I, I love that you, you shared what you did because I, I agree. I think there, there could be a better way to do this. And mm-hmm. um, I, I hope that we get there. So thank you for I, sharing that. I hope so too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, um, you came to the U.S. when you were 17. And then when did you start climbing? I started climbing in 2014, I believe. Okay. Um, I didn't know climbing was a thing. I didn't know anybody that climbed. I didn't know climbing gyms existed, which they mm. did for a long time, but I just didn't <laughs> know they existed. I literally um, saw this one picture of a rope and some rocks on my Instagram feed from someone. And I was just like, oh, cool. Those things, you know, like you see on movies, like people climbing rocks. And I'm like, oh, I wonder how that works. I didn't know how it works, but I wanted to do it. And so a friend of mine said, oh, my dad, like, did, like, this, the Mountaineers or whatever when he was younger. You can, like, do climbing courses. And I was like, oh, really? So I went to the website, and they had something called Sport Climbing Course. And I had no idea what that meant, but it said climbing, so must be something good. And so (laughs) I signed up, and um, they gave me a gear list. And uh, my mom and I went to REI and just basically handed to the guy that works there. And I said, look, I need all this stuff. I have no idea what this is, but I need it. And just kind of recommend me what you think is better. And so I got out of there with all this gear, you know, and <laughs> ready to go climbing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. That is awesome. See, I think... That would be like me. I would go download a list and walk into the store and say, here you go. Help me out. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Absolutely. And like, and like now, you know, climber. So you could be like, so what brand you think it's better? Or mm. do you mind like taking me? Do you have extra gear so I can like actually like feel this sport a little bit better before I actually like fully invest into it, you know? But like at the time, like, it's like, okay, I didn't know anything. Like the climb, climbing gyms would have like rented me all this stuff and I could have tried, but I didn't know they were there. Um, so close to me, by the way. And so <laughs> it's just kind of diving head first. And, uh, you know, you never say no to an adventure. So <laughs> that, was, that was a good one. <laughs> I love that. Never say no to an adventure. I'm no. writing that down. <laughs> yeah. So 2014, got your gear from REI and you know, what were, what was that first couple of years like learning to climb? Oh boy. Um, I was definitely not a natural. I can tell you that much. Um, I'd say my mom is already like, she, the first times I took my mom out, she was already climbing like a certain style better than I was like in a while climbing because like just understanding how to move your body and that balance, you know, and that trust. Um, yeah, I was definitely not a natural. I, and I also, um, started doing the mountaineering course the next year and then the other year started instructing. So it was a very mixed, it wasn't fully just rock climbing. I did a lot of alpine, um, and mountaineering. Mostly that's what I did. And I only like climbed in the gym or sometimes I climbed outside, but yeah, I was like fully hooked on like long mountaineering halls and a lot of winter stuff, you know? So the second year is when I realized I really like rock climbing. Um, you know, like the steep, like hard pole, sh- you know, short routes. That made me feel strong. 
and yeah. that strength that I never thought I had. Um, I, I couldn't do anything. I wasn't a fit person, you know, before that, like I couldn't do a single push up. like, you, you know, you get the idea. Just like someone that was like <laughs> completely unaware. I owned like a hundred pair of high heels. I had, you know, like that was the person I was. And so <laughs> Sounds like it was me. like completely shift and <laughs> yeah, learning how to climb. And like, my goals were like so low. Cause I never believed I could actually climb anything hard ever. <laughs> So where where are you now in your climbing career? I mean, you started, you know, 2014, completely new to the sport, just threw yourself into it. Yeah. Um, what what are some of the things you've been able to accomplish? What what are you doing, you know, with the sport now? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest things that has helped me promote my climbing a lot has been social media, um, mm. especially Instagram. And I was lucky enough to like, get a lot of attention out of it. And I also know some friends here in Seattle um, that were photographers. And I've been able to do um, a lot of photo shoots for for big companies and a, lo- a lot of modeling. Um, I actually have a video shoot coming up tomorrow. Um, you know, I get a lot of brands coming my way and like wanting to work with me and, you know, all these exciting things that <laughs> I, I still, I like, can't believe I'm like, is, is, is this really with me? Like, are you sure you're talking to me? <laughs> you know? It's, it's very, again, very humbling. And sometimes I feel like I, like, what did I do to deserve any of these things? You know, like, it's just so much like for a girl who didn't have a pair of shoes to like getting all this free bunch of shoes in, in my door, you know, like, and I want to learn how to value that more. Mm. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's incredible. And I, I think you've worked incredibly hard. I, I think you're selling yourself a little short here. Um, you've obviously um, in the short time that I've been following you on, on social media, like I can see how hard you work and you have, you know, a great personality and you're friendly and outgoing. And I mean, you are a great representation of the sport. Um, one of the things that, that came to mind when you were talking earlier and then just now, um, is I, I imagine that, uh, you're, um, yeah, you have a lot of women and girls following you. Mm -hmm. Um, what does, I mean, that's, that's a big responsibility, right? Like when we have people following us on social media, they're looking up to us. Um, how do you feel, you know, uh, kind of what's, what's the term top roping? Is that the right term? How do you feel top roping for all those people that are, are looking to you and following you? Oh yeah. So, so basically it's like leap climbing. It's a little bit different than top roping. So That's, this is a, actually a topic that I'm very passionate about is like women and strength and mm-hmm. climbing or sport or anything, honestly, because I see so much potential in women. And sometimes I also see how they're like just not confident enough with themselves. And I, I just want to go there and tell them like how strong they are and how strong they can actually be. Cause sometimes they're just like, Oh my God, you're so strong. I can never be strong like you. And I'm like, you don't know where I came from. Like we can all do this, you know, like, and to me, it's just so inspiring to even share anything, you know, cause like every workout I share, or every photo I share, like I know I'm inspiring someone, but I also got that because people inspired me 
when I started climbing. And, you know, I have these role models. And so it's important for me to be a role model to someone else as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so one, one thing I, I love this topic too. I love, um, elevating and supporting, uh, women. And I consider myself to be a feminist and I, I try to, to be a good feminist. Um, but one thing that I think is super interesting is this idea of, you know, if we could send a, a message back to ourselves. So if you could be, if you could be talking to your younger self and be that role model, you know, to your younger yeah. self, what would you say to yourself? You know, now that you, you are setting an example and you are leading the way for all these other women and girls, what would you, what would you say to yourself if you could? Uh, to trust myself more and, and be more confident. Like, mm. Like, I wish I had that confidence then, you know, um, not that I'm overly confident. Trust me, I, I have a, I have my issues. Um, most of us do. But um, you just like all the things that I see that I've been able to do now that I had no idea could do then, you know, it's just it's just so empowering to me that, yeah, I think just the confidence is like the biggest thing because I've yeah, like I sell myself short a lot, but I've done that a lot more in the past. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, do you do you feel like you have a a strong, really clear purpose in life? And if you do, what what is that purpose? Actually, no. I actually mid life crisis right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am not even kidding you. You know, like. I actually heard this today on a podcast. I'm like, oh my God, that's the term, you know, like the midlife crisis. Yeah. Um, I, I know that I'm meant to like empower people mm. through my personality. I know I bring people together. Like that's the thing I hear over and over again um, from my friends. And I'm just trying to learn more about myself through that as well. Um and I know I'm passionate about bringing, bringing people to the outdoors, you know? And so I'm trying to figure out where do I fit and how to combine all these things. But I'm yeah. not sure exactly what it is yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, welcome to the party because I think everybody <laughs> our age is kind of in that same boat. I think we all are <laughs> a little bit of a midlife crisis, especially with uh, the coronavirus COVID-19 right now. Yeah. 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 And, th and that's, I think exactly is the thing that like, like made, made me stop and I'm sitting at home and I'm not working and I have all this time to train, but you can only train so much, right. Before you get yeah. injured, so you got to like sit a lot and I'm just like, what is my purpose in life? Like, what am I doing? And, and how am I going to go from here? And it's just all these questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I I have no doubt that uh, you're going to figure it out. And I, I honestly think that we all kind of know what it is. It's just a matter of kind of, you know, uncovering it. Within yeah. Ourselves. I, that's, that's a beautiful thing you just said, because I actually heard the same thing today. It's just like, mm -hmm. there's this one thing pulling you towards this direction. And like, you don't know because you haven't been there, but you just got to trust the process <laughs> and, uh, and go with it, you know? <laughs> you know, I think there's a, a climbing 
element to that too. I love, I love hearing you say all these things because I'm like, Oh, that, that sounds like something that you would say if you were coaching a climber, like you just have to trust, <laughs> you have to trust the rope. You got to trust the process. You got to trust, you know, your support team and, yeah. you know, have a certain, there's a, it seems like there's a certain amount of letting go. Is that correct? There is, there is a quite a, a certain, quite a big amount of letting go. Um, I considered myself to have fear of heights when I started climbing and my first day climbing, actually, I only went kind of halfway up the wall and I was just, I, I was just like, okay, this is enough for me as an introduction. Um, and so you, you, you gotta let go of fear and you gotta let go of so many things in your head because it's mostly a mental game on climbing you know it's it's like it's like you can only be so strong and then you have to do that mental game as well and I was actually terrified of leading and falling for the first two years and I would cry and come down and and so I had to learn how to mentally behave on the wall and trust myself before I could actually climb anything hard gotcha Mm-hmm. what what do you think makes you a great climber um what makes me a great climber yeah. i think persistency <laughs> just failing and trying it again mm. <laughs> just knowing that i'm going to fail and it's okay to fail like those things are so important you know because climbing is like one percent success and 99 percent failure and it's important to to be okay with it, you know, and not just not beat yourself all the time, you know, for it. Yeah. And as someone speaking for myself who does, well, I would say I have a, a fear of heights. That's mm-hmm. honestly one of the things that's been holding me back is that fear of failing, because it seems like when you fail, there's some uh, potentially bad consequences for failure in climbing. Um, no, no, not really. Um, okay. M- mostly just mental. Honestly, is your brain like, oh my god, um, you're like way too high up the the last protection. You know, you you're you're gonna die, or is it like seriously, like some stupid like this. You know, and like, and truth is you might fall if you get like really worked up and and you're going to fall like 5 feet and okay. you're not going to hit the ground because you're on a rope and and that's all that's going to happen <laughs> so it's a irrational fear mostly um but you know i think humans are just we just created that way um you know having that fear and that mental aspect and and it's okay to have that fear you know you, you're just trying to protect you but at the same time like in climbing like nowadays climbing is just so safe it's such Mm -hmm. a safe environment that it's okay you know and I deal with that fear um on a regular basis and mostly now is just that fear of failure the fear of having fear on the route and I'm like oh last time like I was mentally not you know super good on this route and I just like couldn't commit to the moves and and you know it took forever to climb it and I don't know am I going to feel the same way this time or am I going to be a lot better mentally you know and so your performance is fully based on your mental gotcha so for people that are thinking about climbing who who makes a good climber? What kind of personality, you know, who should look at getting into the sport? I mean, obviously it would be great if everybody could, but yeah. I'm sure that there are some people that it's a better fit for 
than others. Yeah. So who should well, who should explore the sport? Definitely um, someone who's got um, an adventurous spirit, um, someone who likes to push their limit a lot, um, people who likes to be outside a lot, um, people who likes adrenaline. Um, those kind of people should be looking into it for sure. You know, like I always wanted to do something different something cool and something crazy and i just didn't know what it was and like you gotta experiment like so i'd say for everyone actually like if you're even curious about it you gotta try it for sure awesome and what are some what are some things we should know going into it like what are some terms what are some pieces of gear like what's the the climbing 101 these are things you should know so you yeah. can have a, a conversation. Yeah. So I do one type of climbing, but there is like quite a few different styles of climbing. There's bouldering, which is like the shorter um, rock, which I call pebbles, but I call, you know, pebble wrestling is when you're trying to like <laughs> climb up a, a boulder. Uh, and those are usually, you don't need a rope because they're short enough, but you need those crash pads, like mattress, like, you know? Yeah. Um, that will kind of cushion your falls and those are usually really hard and intense you know and those are really fun because you don't need all that gear right you just need the pad and you need the shoes and some chalk obviously climbing shoes there are plenty in the market um, from beginner to like extremely aggressive and pro climbers even downsize like by many sizes so, so they can feel, I mean, I wouldn't feel my toes, but they think they will. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> chalk for friction. And if you're doing sport climbing, which is what I do, you need a harness to tie in the rope and to hold you in place. And in case you fall, you can just kind of sit on the, sit on the rope, you know, like it's, it's super chill. Um, there is a belay device. Belaying is the act of holding the rope or giving the rope as a person climbs up. Um, so you use that belay device to like catch the, you know, if the person falls or if you need to lower that person, you have that device through the system. So it just kind of helps out a little bit more. Um, and a helmet, which everybody should be using one, but I am guilty and I, <laughs> I definitely don't use one as much. I'm not going to lie. I always check, oh my, is this route safe? Is there a lot of rock falls around here? Is it clean enough? you know, and, and I just don't wear it, but yeah, you should wear a helmet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. Uh, okay. What else? So rope, belay device, harness, chalk, chalk. Uh-huh. climbing shoes, helmet. Okay. Um, and then for sport climbing, which is, um, when the, the route has been developed, most of everything we climb actually has been developed unless you're like someone developing routes. But, uh, so there are like boats that are put on the wall. And so you need quick draws to clip into those boats that are already on the wall. And then you clip your rope through it. That way, if you fall, that will catch you. Mm. So then you need the quick draws as well. Uh huh. But like, if you are new, Go with someone that you know that has all the gear. <laughs> and yeah, just rely on them for a while, you know? Like, you don't need to buy things right away, whatever. <laughs> just use your friends. <laughs> and then and then you learn which ones you like. You learn if you actually like the brand of their gear, you know, like, see what other people have and see what, what you like the best. 
it, it's so much better to buy because I bought so much stuff that I didn't like and then I learned there was better and then I had to buy it again. Mm, so yeah. yeah, so it's good when you already know like what you like. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what are what are some terms? Like I threw one out to kind of sound cool because uh, uh-huh. it's the only it's the only climbing term I know. I I threw out uh, top roping, lead roping, top roping. Top yeah, roping. So, yeah. Yeah. So top roping is when the rope is already up through the anchors, and yeah. all you have to do is tie in and have your belayer, the person that's holding the belay device, just belay you. In that case, if you fall. Always going to happen is you, you're going to sit on the rope because there's no slack between like the anchor and you. So you basically just like climbing the route without thinking about the falling, thinking about clipping any, um, any of the gear. Like you're basically just learning how to move on the rock and you don't have to worry about anything else. It's the best way to start, you know, if you just want to like learn how to read rock and like learn rock climbing. Like you don't need to go through that tension of like, I have to lead something. And then there's lead climbing, which is the person that put the rope up there. Right. It's so you, um, you, you walk, you go up with the rope yourself and you clip as you go. So like mm. there every five feet, every 10 feet, it really depends who set the route and how easy the movements are is where the clips are. And so if you fall, for example, you were like five feet above your last clip, you're going to fall like 10 feet um, and, and so on. You know, there are people who has fallen <laughs> all kinds of <laughs> lengths of height. So <laughs> <laughs> I think my biggest fall was like probably like 30. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. And it's if it's when the route's very steep, it's fun kind of because people pay to do this kind of stuff anyway. You know, if you think about it, <laughs> right? Uh, people go to freaking parks and bungee jump and all this stuff. We, we do it for free. You just need to go climbing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's lead climbing. Um, it, lead climbing is definitely like the best way to challenge yourself mentally. And it's way more rewarding because you're fighting through that fear, through the voices in your head. Um it's amazing. Like when you actually get to the top, like it's still like six years after six years climbing, I get to the top of the easiest route ever. And I feel a reward. Like to Mm. me, it doesn't matter how hard it is. Obviously, like if it's way hard, I'm going to feel extremely happy, but I still feel super rewarded. Like, and I feel so proud of myself, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, so, so, so belaying is a term. Um, So top roping, lead climbing, um, I'm trying to think. So then we have to do rappelling most of the time. Like climbers, honestly, don't really like to do rappelling, but we're kind of obligated to just because, you know, <laughs> we get ourselves to the top. Might, might as well come down. So, um, yeah, so there's that term. Um, and then there's all this weird language in climbing. Like, I'm so psyched. I'm so stoked. You're ready to send it, you know, just send it when you actually like, climb a route clean without weighing yourself on the rope at any point. So it's when, so that's what we work for. It's not about like, it's not just about climbing the route boat to boat, but if you want to like claim the route, you have to do the entire route clean, right? If it's 120 feet tall, you have to have the endurance to climb the entire route without falling your way on the rope. And that's when you can claim the route. Even if you climbed it 30 times falling. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I yeah. am I am so excited to give this a try. At, at I'm some excited point. for you. Well, and I will make sure I will make sure to take a picture and send it to you. So oh you yeah, can, uh... <laughs> absolutely. Um, Do you have any friends to climb? I, you know, I don't, and I'm like, I, I really, I really need to get into that scene around here. Yeah, yeah. Because um, there's some great opportunities to climb around Helena. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I need to figure out is if our climbing gym is open back up. With... It is. It is. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I'm going to go uh, start spending, uh, you know, a couple couple days a month in there and get comfortable with uh with it. Yeah. Do do that. I know I know the people there and uh you're more than welcome to come outside with me. So, hey, I am going to take you up on that. That would be a lot you of should. fun. And I I like taking pictures, so we'll trade. You can show me some climbing stuff and I'll take some pictures for you. Perfect. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what what has been your favorite climb that you've done so far in your life? I'm sure you've done a, a ton of climbs, but is there one that just really sticks out to you for some reason? Um, yes. So there is a climb here in Washington um, that's called Culture Shock, and Culture Shock. That was, yeah, really? that's the name. Interesting, right? And <laughs> back then, when I did this route, I didn't really like understand the name i didn't pay attention to the name and it just turned out to be my first of like that high grade that every climber tries to achieve um when they start climbing you know um and it was also the first climb that i fully committed myself mentally to climb and send it um before then i was just always scared um i would never allow myself to take falls i would always cry on the rope but this one, I liked it so much, and it was just powerful, powerful route, um, beautiful line, and I allowed myself to climb it and just to push myself, and <laughs> and it's a memorable one, you know. Like everybody wants to climb a five twelve, and that was my first five twelve, um, which is this, yeah, this grade that everybody wants to achieve, you know, all the normal climber wants to, and and yeah, so that's the most memorable route for me. Have you climbed outside of the U.S.? Um, only Canada. Okay. Where, yeah. where in Canada have you been able to climb? Squamish. Oh. So Squamish is the, yeah, it's the main climbing mecca, you know, like everybody wants to go there and climb there. Um, but I definitely want to go climb in my home country at some point also. Mm. <laughs> that would be awesome. And I have to ask you, have you seen the movie Free Solo? Yeah, thank you for asking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually what? a big meme <laughs> on the climbing world where people are like, oh, is it? the meme, there's a meme for climbers that like, it's just like when you tell people you're a climber and then like the first thing people ask, have you seen Free Solo? Uh, is, is using is is using the rope cheating like there's all these memes <laughs> so awesome i was like thank you for asking <laughs> oh man i'm so glad that i fell right into that one uh well so actually, actually my question so my question with that is like what is the perception of that movie in the climbing culture well uh-huh. i think we kind of hit on it a little bit but what is the perception of that film in the climbing culture so a lot of people find it 
pretty normal. There, I there are a lot of climbers who free solo. Okay. Um, uh, most mostly within their comfort zone. Um, there's definitely this other guy who also free soloed quite a lot, and he um, <laughs> and and you can watch like YouTube videos, and he definitely like puts himself in some pretty dangerous situations where he's almost doesn't make it. Um, but there, yeah, there are a lot of like old school climbers that have that de- fallen to their death, um, you know, throughout the years, um, yeah. free soloing and stuff. And Haunted, he's just like a special <laughs> character, you know, he's just like, he, he has that trust. Um, he's been climbing since he was a kid and he like really trusts his body, like the movement, you know, his finger strength. And, mm-hmm. um, he kind of knows what he's doing, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. you can put yourself, like I said, like climbing is so mental. And if you learn how to put yourself in that perfect, like headspace, you know, you can achieve like so much more, like you can't overthink, you cannot overthink. Like, I don't know if you saw in the movie at some point on the, his first attempt, he was just didn't feel like he was right. And he like, he was overthinking. So he grabbed the gear and he's like, it's not the day, like, I'm not ready for it. And so, yeah, you have to be fully committed. But, yeah, I mean, we're very divided 50-50. Like, a lot of climbers are like, I would never do that. Like, I would never do that myself, you know. Um, that's too dangerous. Um, but, you know, there are other climbers that think it's totally normal. Um, you know, when you're mountaineer as well, like, you're always doing, like, some class 5 climbing unroped. Um, you know, just it's nothing nearly as hard but he's still putting yourself in odd situations. So <laughs> it's just part of the game. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so I, I do a lot of hunting and there's definitely some things in the hunting culture that mm-hmm. are similar and that I can relate to where we're mm-hmm. as a culture split 50, 50 on, on certain things that, that people do. And some people yeah. like it, some people don't. So I can, I can relate yeah yeah and 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 like i think the world always has balance when people are like you know different opinions anyway you know if everybody agrees with everything like what what would be fun about it so (laughs) yeah it's good it's good absolutely uh i wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about some of your partners that you work with um obviously like you've got a great, a great team of sponsors and, and teammates that you climb with and that support your climbing. Is there anybody that you want to highlight or plug at this point? Um, so big shout out to Narland Nutrition because <laughs> I absolutely love, love, love the products and I love Eli. Um, just an awesome guy. And yeah, um, I wasn't taking any supplements and I felt like the difference after I started, you know, doing the right things, I'm um, supplementing. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I do work with quite a few companies, but there's there's a lot going on right now in shifts and switches. So, sure. I'm still, yeah, I'm still I'm still not ready to <laughs> for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's totally fine. Um, yeah. I just like I like to give people that opportunity because it's, you know, this world is all about relationships and about, you know, supporting each other. And, you, you know, none yeah. of us got to where we are without that support. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's awesome to be able to, yeah. to talk about those people. Yeah. So, yeah Nar- and- Gnarly's awesome. Eli and Shannon are, are great people Amazing. and it's really cool that you get to work with them. That's true. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's so important to get to meet um, different people. Um, 
I lived in Seattle for so many years, I think 13 or 14, and moving to Montana, um, no connections, no friends, nobody to climb outside with, um, that took a huge toll on me. So I'm always excited to, um, you know, be in the community, learn about people and get to know them, um, especially in Great Falls. Um, <laughs> it's a, I'm the only female climber um, in that town. So, really? you know, wow. yeah, it's a, at least outdoors, um, you know, so it's a, it has changed a lot for me. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. Well, Thank you so much for coming on the on the podcast and having this conversation. Um, I really appreciate you know, you know you being really honest and and answering uh, all the questions that I had. I you know you you're an amazing person. You're such a leader and example. Um, I love everything you're doing with climbing and also in um, blazing trails for for women and girls in outdoor sports. And I I just you know can't say thank you enough for being willing to come on and, and have this conversation with me. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for being awesome. It's my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Are you, are you ready for some off the wall, silly questions? Okay. Yes. Bring it. Right. Awesome. Uh, would you rather have a Slurpee or a milkshake? Slurpee. Oh, okay. Less calories. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh um isn't it i think so yeah uh you know i'm i'm not gonna check because i don't want to know i just don't want to know i will google and i'll let you know <laughs> <laughs> perfect thank you um what's your most used emoji heart ah nice i just heart everyone and everything i yeah i I love connecting with people mm. and I love people. And so, yeah, I use the heart emoji quite a lot. <laughs> that, that is uh, a really good projection of your personality. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's something new you want to try? Oh my God. What is something you want to try? New food, always new food. Mm. Um, new, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Are you tired um, of the sip and dip? I never go there. <laughs> <laughs> I I love I love um foreign foods. Um oh, okay. absolutely love trying food from new cultures and so I'm always trying to figure out where I can find that. And so yeah, something new, new food. I'm sorry, I wish I was more interesting right now, but <laughs> that was all I got. No, I've been eating basically the same thing all of uh, COVID, so I'm ready to try some new foods too. Change, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> if you could have uh, one thing be free for the rest of your life, what would you want it to be? Rock climbing shoes. <laughs> <laughs> They're expensive. <laughs> you had that one right there. That was like no hesitation. <laughs> You're kidding me. It would be yeah. awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who would you want to back you up in a bar fight? Oh, my mom. <laughs> <laughs> you should see this lady when she gets mad. All right. Like, definitely my mom. <laughs> uh, 
I, I have a great story about uh, some female members of my family who remain anonymous going into a, uh, a principal's office with a baseball bat. And I'll just leave it at that. Maybe I'll tell that story on another podcast. But yeah, no, you don't mess with mamas. No. no. <laughs> um, pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Mm, love a good waffle. What, uh, what's the most played song in your shuffle right now? Um, oh my God. It's Taylor Swift. Um, what's the bad blood, bad blood. Oh, that's a great yeah. song. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a fan of Taylor Swift. It's kind of bad, but <laughs> no, not bad at all. <laughs> so I know we, we both train pretty hard and we try to eat healthy, but Wendy's or McDonald's. Um, because I never went to Wendy's McDonald's. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. You've never been to Wendy's. We need to change that. Wendy's, <laughs> Wendy's will become your new, your new guilty pleasure. There you go. Yeah. I've, I've never been. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, they do. They, I, I don't know. I just like their food better. I don't know why. Yeah. And you need to get a ferocity at least once. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, Okay, uh, who should we follow on social media besides yourself? Um, oh, so many people. How am I? How am I? How am I, how am I going to do this? Um, definitely gnarly nutrition. <laughs> I always follow them. I always follow them. They have amazing tips. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. God, I want to say all my lady friends, but then it's, it's too much, you know. Um, no. How about people this? that psych you? How about that? People that makes you psyched, people that want to make you be better, people that want to motivate you to train harder. Mm. Those people. Find yeah. them. <laughs> and uh, people can go check out your social media and see who you're following and who's following you. And that's a pretty good start right there. There you go. Yeah. Mm. I follow this dope, dope people. Nice. Yes, sure. you do. <laughs> uh, actually, this is a good, a good spot. Where can people find you? on online you can find me at maiza lima rock <laughs> maiza lima rock yes nice <laughs> and you've got you got a plant you got a little plant next to your uh, name on instagram i think yeah so that's a plant-based yeah there's uh, a plant on in the front yeah there you go that's how you know she's the real deal not not a fake account yeah, there's a plant there. You brought it from the Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. Well, uh, Maiza, this has been, like I said earlier, just a, a really lovely chat. I appreciate you taking the time. I've got one final question before I let you go. This is a question that I ask all of my listeners because it's the number one pursuit in my life. What does it mean to you to live an authentic life? <laughs> you, got me, you got me speechless am i supposed to actually answer that yes yes Off the bat, to live an authentic life what does it mean yep what does um, it mean to you how how would you if some if i asked you you know how what do i need to do to live more real to be you know more authentic in my life just be passionate would, about what you do make sure you make sure you love what you do that's for sure Mm, that's perfect. That's I hope that good enough. <laughs> no, that's I'm I've got the chills over here. 
because that's <laughs> that's a new answer that no one is, has given so far. Yes. So, Winner. Yeah. <laughs> send uh, me a donut for that one, all right? <laughs> I will send you a donut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. I haven't laughed this much in a few days, so I appreciate uh, the fun conversation. I appreciate you showing up and, and being real, and um, let's go climbing together soon. Yeah, I'm excited. Super excited. Very cool. All right. <laughs> hey, you. everybody. Thank you so much for listening today. Thank you for keeping us company. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.